Rising from Epilepsy, an exclusive interview with Olivia Atkin. Diagnosed with epilepsy at the age of nine, Olivia's outlook on life and approach to all situations was shaped early on. In this exclusive interview, she shares her experiences revealing how she turned adversity into strength. Discover how Olivia's resilience led her to success in diverse fields, from business management to supply chain, and learn about her relentless pursuit of excellence. This is a story of courage, determination, and the power of positivity. Don't miss out on this inspiring episode. Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show, where you're about to go on a wellness-driven ride. Let me share a little bit about the guests that we have here today. Raised in New Jersey, Olivia Adkin inspires with a remarkable journey to success. Olivia showcases her commitment to excellence with a BS in business management, a minor in sports studies, and an MBA in supply chain. She holds several certif certifications and leads Achieving Success LLC, authors Achieving Success in Career Development, hosts a podcast, runs a coaching division, and conducts a webinar series. Olivia's dedication, innovation, and relentless pursuit of excellence make her a true inspiration. I'm so pleased to help welcome to the stage, Miss Olivia. Thank you for having me, and thank you for that wonderful intro. Absolutely. Well, this is going to be a great conversation. You have had many things on your journey of life starting at a very young age, and I fully understand that. So I'm excited to get started. Olivia, would you share with the audience a little bit more about you so we can get to know you? Yes. Yeah, so I'm going to take it back to that nine-year-old girl a little bit. So at nine years old, I was swimming. I was preparing for the junior Olympics and swimming and training multiple times a day, um, some days. And I was diagnosed with a rare form of epilepsy. Um, epilepsy is the most common neurological disease in the world, but it's actually the one that really gets talked about the least, the things that people don't realize that a seizure can be that staring event that we joke is someone staring off into space and sometimes that can actually be a seizure to what we actually see mm -hmm. in movies of the shaking and the foaming of the mouth and all of that. Um, so at nine years old, when I was diagnosed, I did start with those grandma seizures, the one you see on the movies, um, and they were happening more and more frequently and really changed how I looked at everything, um, discovered really early that I was a fighter, not a fighter in the fight and flight mode. Um, and that really shaped how I looked at how you can be at the top of one mountain at one day and at the bottom mm. the next and have to pivot and rediscover. And that's really what my journey is all about um, through 
all the different things I've done. And that is why I really started Achieving Success LLC, as well as the podcast and the book is we might all think we know what success looks like today and have that classified for us, but it can change tomorrow. And how are we going to pivot? And also knowing that you're not alone in that journey. Mm, I really like how you talk about pivoting and rediscovering something when things change in an instant, in a moment, and how you can be doing very, very well. When we talk about our, our health and the way that we're able to operate and function through our, our daily lives, and when that is changed from the normal that we're familiar with, it certainly uh, uh, disrupts and, you know, upheavals everything that we do. And so you're correct. We do have to pivot and rediscover something different and a new way of being and operating within our lives. And so I, I can familiarize with that based on my own experiences living with an autoimmune disease at a very young age and not being able to perform in the sports that I loved because of the, the system, excuse me, symptoms that I experienced where I wasn't able to play with the, with the kids on a normal basis. And so it definitely makes you uh, look at things differently, do things differently. So that being said, Olivia, do you have an experience at those early ages where uh, you have an example of how you did pivot and think about the world in a different manner? So for me, and where my epilepsy grew to at a very fast rate, I went from being diagnosed to six, seven months in, my neurologist telling me and my parents, and I remember very well sitting in the doctor's office going, her seizures are just escalating too much. We don't know in the next few years if she'll be able to be in a classroom with everyone else at the time I had an aide with me in the classroom all the time already. Um, mm. So very quickly I went from, you know, having all the friends, that popular kid at nine years old, right? My sport, I had what I thought was my identity to now not being able to even get up from my seat without someone coming with me, not being able to go to the bathroom. And then sitting there and a doctor telling you that where things stand now, it isn't going to get better. It's only going to get worse. And really him kind of throwing his hands in the air going, well, the medications that we've tried aren't working, so I'm not expecting anything else. And mm. really at that moment, luckily I had parents in the medical field and knew, okay, it's time to get a second opinion. That can't be the end all be all. And um, I remember having the conversation of what my comfort level was with things with my parents and we decided to fight and it was really a time of figuring out what I am comfortable with and finding my voice being like, no, I'm okay. This is what I need. This is how I'm going to do things and how those things looked to me. Um, fast forward a few years to when I was entering High school is also about having the right people in your corner that know you. Um, I had my elementary school gym teacher who I'm the oldest in my family. So I have two younger sisters and he was all of our gym teachers at my elementary school. And he was talking to my mom one day and I was 
there picking up my sister and he was like, listen, I'm actually going to be going over to the high school next year. It was the end of the year. And that was when I was going to be going over to the high school. And he's like, why don't you participate in, he was going to be the wrestling manager or the wrestling coach. He's like, as a manager, you know, you've all these things, you could still be a part of a team. You can do these things because in the meantime too, no longer could I swim and I lost my sport of choice by force. But then as my seizures started to get better, I was really trying to identify what my identity was going to be, how I can stay active in the things I was passionate about. So when the manager opportunity and knowing that someone was there that was gonna look out for me, have my back, give me the space to kind of grow and try things, you know, and not in a way be that helicopter of like, oh, we have to be super cautious about this. I don't know if you should do that or this. I jumped at the opportunity and it really ended up leading me down the road of finding other passions within sports and seeing myself firsthand how things can not just pivot, but your skill sets, you've trained yourself in one area, how they can transform into another area. You know, when you talk about uh, really being given the freedom of choice when you're young in the younger years, I've interviewed many people that have had disabilities or some sort of life change in those early years of childhood. And it is the most impactful lives that are being lived because they were given the opportunity to make a choice, to have the freedom where they weren't, you know, sheltered or there was the helicoptering, you know, surrounding them. And so you've also mentioned a couple of things that are, are very key. And you mentioned the word identity, because when we go through these experiences and things are shifted so quickly for us, it is our sense of identity, right? When we thought we were this person, we thought we had many friends, we were thought we thought we were tied to, you know, swimming or whatever it was that we assumed defined us. And once we don't have that anymore, it is a complete identity crisis, right? No matter what age you're experiencing it. And so I think that for many of us who have gone through drastic changes, uh, that's what happens. And, and all of us as human beings, of course, have gone through major changes in life. You don't get out of life without trials and errors, right? And, and difficulties. But identity is a very key word. And I don't think a lot of people understand that or tie it to it because it's really based in those emotions that we're feeling and the, the grief that we experience with the loss of what we thought we were once were. And it's, it's so easy to get mad and angry and sit in that. Right. I have a rule to this day. Um, when, I get upset or something happens and it could be at a drastic level or very minimal level. I have till I wake up the next morning to be upset about that. I am able to live in those feelings. I'm able to sit there and be upset and, you know, what go through them. But when I wake up in the morning, it's a new day. And I think that's one of the things we can all kind of relate on. It can be very hard depending on what's going on in life to say, okay, today's the new day. How am I going to tackle today? How am I going to look at it? What are the things? But it's also about knowing yourself enough and understanding 
in different situations, all the things make up who you are, right? You make up the total sum of it. So that job might make up a piece of who you are and might be a piece of your identity, but is it really the job title or the tasks and how you perform the tasks that make up who you are? Those skill sets that make you so good at it, so passionate about it, make others think it is your superpower. It's not the job title. It's the things you're doing within them. So how can you pivot and go, this is still my identity, but I'm going to just be doing it in a different sense. Go to sports arenas, or I talk to a lot of military personnel about this. You know, you've been in your career for 10, 20 years, whatever it might be, and you transition into civilian life. It isn't necessarily, okay, nothing I've done for the past 10 or 20 years can relate to civilian life. It's, it just looks a little different. And how can I take my leadership skills? How can I take the discipline and apply it to something else? And I think that's really important to understand is no matter where we are, we're going to have things to tackle, but how are you deciding to look at the thing that you have to tackle? Is it a negative or are we looking at it as an opportunity? Because most of the time, the thing that gets initially looked at as a negative, ends up being one, sometimes the biggest opportunities you can get to grow, to excel. And mm-hmm. I think you hit it on the head as well as saying, no one goes through life without change, right? There's such a drastic change for me too, of starting your own business. My boyfriend is in the Coast Guard, so there's moving and traveling regularly from where he's stationed to my house. There's so many different things going on, but I think that's one of the things looking back and I haven't fully thought about it um, in this way and saying it this way until you kind of brought it up, but all those drastic changes that happen so quickly, a biz- starting your own business and accelerating it fast, you know, having big life moments, getting engaged, getting married, whatever it might be for me, that moment of nine years old and deciding how am I going to handle everything that comes my way has really prepared me for making those fast decisions, being able to stick with it and go down the road. Yeah. Well, and you know, the only constant is change, right? And so Olivia, you mentioned something that I, I really appreciate this word and it is discovery, you know, discovering a new way of being, of doing. And I think that it's within that curiosity, like we're talking about how, what makes it easy to be able to move in a different direction and really give it the best that we are able to give it. You know, if I, if I am a writer and I, you know, damage my hand, well, you know, it's not a, a, a loss completely. What other ways can I discover in how to be a writer in a different way, right? Either, you know, building the muscles in my other hand or, you know, using my my voice in order to dictate and have the computer, right? And we live in a beautiful age of technology and AI, and we can do more things in more creative ways if we just opened up to it. And a great example of that, Olivia, is the issues we were having before the show, right? The audio wasn't working before we started. And we took a a decent amount of time trying to figure it out, but we didn't give up, right? You didn't give up. And you kept trying different ways and different things and new devices. And eventually here we are. So it's, it's a beautiful sense in order to live in that 
you know, living in the unexpected and the creative side of ourselves and, you know, to be excited about that and to discover something new. And I think it's so important too to take a moment when you're going through change to realize the things that happened five minutes ago, even a minute ago to four days ago, you can't control anymore. You can't look back at it. You can't change any of those things. How can you move forward? So whether it's a small thing or a massive life change, okay, this is where we're sitting now. I can't dwell on how we got here. This is where it is. And sometimes like a medical condition, you can't control how, you know, that diagnosis that this is happening to you. You can control what you are going to do with it. Um, so when I was young, one thing I became very passionate about, um, I am half Jewish, so I had a bat mitzvah and we had to do a service project, was getting involved with the Epilepsy Foundation. And mm. I knew firsthand how so many teachers, people who are dealing with kids, even doctors, I still have to this day, it would amaze you. The amount of doctors I go to for Quest Diagnostics for blood work or a dentist or whoever it might be for my own work and have to sit there and explain to them, this could occur if there's a medication mixed with my body a certain way. And this is what could happen. This is how you need to be prepared because of the lack of knowledge. So at that age, I knew it was so important. And I used my voice in the epilepsy community to go out and say, these are the things I'm experiencing. This is how you can be prepared for the next person. Mm -hmm. This is what you could be doing to help me, um, to my teachers, to the education committee community to, you know, those doctors who were potentially also going to come across individuals who might have it, you know, your friends, the parents of friends, um, and really just make it transparent. And to this day, one thing that I always keep in the back of my head, and I remind myself is, it's the idea that something can be going on behind the scenes that you don't know about, about someone or someone's environment. And to keep that in mind, because on the surface of things, you know, my epilepsy went from grandma, which are those shaking and all that to staring events to not having them anymore. Technically you're never go from not having a seizure to someone saying, you no longer have epilepsy because anything can technically trigger it again. Right. Right. So I hear so many times someone make a joke about epilepsy or, you know, think they're funny. And I'm sitting there going, you really have no idea because you don't know that the person you're sitting across to right now has had that because it's not what the society has told you what it looks like or what it can look like or how that individual can really be acting. So I think it's so important that no matter how you shift, no matter how you grow, realize that some things someone can control, something someone can't, yourself included, give yourself the grace, give others the grace as well. But realize that all those things also shape who you are.
all mm. those scenarios shape how you look at things, how you approach people, how you communicate. Yeah, absolutely. Olivia, it sounds to me like you took on very early on that leadership, that teaching role in order to use your voice and communicate with the world around you to explain this is this is what I experience and this is what I'd like you to know and understand. And so through that, you're right, it certainly shapes who we are and how we perceive the world. It builds this sense of compassion that we never experienced before because we experience our own challenges and difficulties. We, it, it forces us to have this humility that comes with that and this viewpoint and perspective that we have with others because we don't truly know what others are experiencing. Exactly. And it was something, I'll use the TED Talk I did as a pure example. Um, so in the TEDx talk I did called Defeating Your Biggest Enemy, You, how we can all get in our own ways during moments of opportunity or struggle. Preparing for that, I met with some of the other speakers that were going to be talking that day. And I shared, you know, we were in the shaping phase of what our talks might look like. And I started telling my epilepsy story journey. And it was really important to me at the time just to share that with them so they could get a grasp of who we are. We're all sharing things. And they were like, you should really make that your talk. That was going to be the main focal point. And I looked at them and I said, I don't want that to be my talk. Mm. That is a part of who I am, but that is not who I am. Having mm. epilepsy and going through the things I talked about in that 15 minute time span, that isn't who I am today. That shaped who I am today. That is a very small piece. Yeah. And so I ended up bringing it up and bringing up the part of going from the swimmer and winning my races to trying to figure out how to stay swimming. Um, some of those moments of getting out of your own way, right? And what I occurred. But what I wasn't expecting in sharing that story is afterwards, when we got off that Zoom call, I shared my number, you know, because I love people. Um, and I was like, feel free. And I got four different text messages from other speakers that were in that room of someone saying to me, they had a seizure one time when they were 12 and they didn't know what was going on. And, you know, hearing my journey, they felt like, oh, wow, I wasn't the only kid going through that. I had someone else come to me and say that it was so nice hearing someone else's journey because their sibling and they're in their fifties. Now their sibling was actually in the hospital at that time, having what I was describing and the doctors weren't figuring out what it was and these little moments. And so you never know either what just even sharing it or saying, yes, this is what mm -hmm. it looked like can really shape to be and how, it is just as important to make sure that when you're sharing your story, you make it known that that medical condition, the thing you're going through does not identify who you are. It is a piece of who you are. It shapes you. Well, Olivia, I love that you bring this up. I think it's a very important factor. And so I would, I would love to really bring this forth to our audience because I too can, again, very much relate on many different senses. Whereas when you have a disease, especially at a younger age, I feel 
that you don't want that disease to define you. And we end up doing different things in life and really wanting to show up bigger and brighter because we don't want that to define us so much. So me, for instance, I went into law enforcement. I went into male dominant fields because I wanted to prove to myself and the world that I was strong, that I was capable, that that it wasn't that disease. And, you know, also can relate with you when you come into the world of the entrepreneur journey, right? And, you know, people guide you and they say, well, I recommend that you do speak on the topic of lupus or epilepsy or whatever it is that, like we said, has shaped us, but it is not really how we want to bring it up. But when we do, and when we do use it as part of our stories, uh, it really certainly shapes and influences and where people around us can say, me too. It's that relational bit that we share as human beings and why our stories are so very powerful and why we share it here on the Wellness Driven Life Show. So that said, I want to go into our quick commercial. And when we get back, we'll share a little bit more about Olivia. Stay tuned. Are you ready to take control of your ride to wellness? Rev up with Driven Living. Visit www.drivenliving.com and buckle up for a journey. Get exclusive access to our Wellness Driven Life Show guest portal, where you can dive deep into the minds of our esteemed guests. Sign up for our newsletter and get insider scoops on these distinguished personalities. It's like having a backstage pass to their life-changing wisdom. But that's not all. You'll also receive a free hug. You heard me right, a free hug. An enlightening ebook from the Driven Living team. Discover the science-backed benefits of hugging yourself. It's a fill-up for your wellness tank. Because at Driven Living, we believe in fueling your journey to wellness, both physically and psychologically. So what are you waiting for? Visit www.drivenliving.com today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back. And so Olivia, based around the topic of sharing our stories and really utilizing that for others around us to really have that relational piece, what are some of the most profound uh, stories that you have about how you've influenced others? For me, it's about meeting people where they are now, whether it's day-to-day in with my company or even the mission work I've done. I, you know, I've gone to the Bates of Haiti where there is no running water, you know, it's a hut. And seeing how someone works a week with to put food on their table for their family in the Bates cutting sugar canes and they get $50 in US dollars for that. 
Um, and mm -hmm. so it's a journey for them of how they can go from who gets to be fed that week. And I think being, for example, at that level of it or working with Habitat for Humanity, for me, I know I'm doing something good that's going to affect whether it's building a house, per helping provide medical resources or education to individuals. Um, but it's knowing that they're going to also pay that forward. I'm giving someone tools or, you know, a roof over their head, but they're going to be doing so much more to not just grow themselves, but their community based on the time I've had with them. I think another big piece for me, and I recently got this experience over the summer was one thing I did and I talk a lot about is, and we touched upon it earlier, obviously the epilepsy side of things and finding where you fit in things and where your passion aligns. But when I was going into high school, I decided to become a diver. My I was no longer having seizures. It was a way to get back in the water and potentially not trigger a seizure. And by the time I graduated high school, I was coaching about 20 kids under me, aging from five years old who were getting into the water for the first time and trying to understand the safety of diving or, and all these things and learning how to understand your body and movement of your body to kids who were 16, 17 years old. I'd set the state record for the three meter board in New Jersey when I graduated. So I left a sport not by choice, right? I left swimming mm. because I was no longer able to um, swim. I then left a sport by choice. I was at the top of my game. I set a state record. I was coaching and I decided to leave. Fast forward to 2023, I went back to the pool that I grew up with where I trained for swimming in the summer every day and would be there from 7 a.m. to the morning till 10 o'clock at night. Um, and I stayed at that pool in that community um, center. It was a swim club in the summer all day, every day, even once I got epilepsy. Um, and I went back with one of my former uh, divers. I've remained family friends with their family. I've grown up with their family and we're sitting by the pool and we're sitting by the diving board. And he's like, Olivia, I wanna show you some dives. Give me your critiques on them. I said, okay, get on the board, let's go. And I'm sitting there and I'm watching this little kid about 10, 12 years old, sit there and trying to dive off the board, you know, just a regular dive and keeps freaking herself out at the last minute and not doing it. When we get to a point, I'm seeing her three, four times in and I kind of interject. I'm like, are you trying to do a dive? And then I go to myself, wow, I'm that like old person in the group going, interjecting when that kid probably is just like, who does she think she is? Who is she talking? And I finally start talking to her and I'm like, why don't you try this? Why don't you try that? And finally I say to the guard on the stand, I said, listen, I used to be a dive coach here. I, I'm, I know what I'm going to do. Can I get up on the board with this diver? It'll be safe. And she agreed. 
that girl ended up nailing within like five more times her dive and she conquered her fear, was able to accomplish something, started running all over to her friends and her mom to show what she can now do. And I'm like, awesome. This, this girl got that moment. She conquered something. She's going to be able to now have that confidence in other areas as well. Cause I know it's not just about the dive and I go along and about 15 minutes later, the guard comes up to me and she goes, do you know who I am? And this girl's like 17 years old. And I go, no. And she goes, I'm Miss Meg. I used to call one of my divers, Miss Meg. She was four years old when she started diving with me. Um, and I would actually have to stand in the well and doggy paddle the whole time she was in practice because she could not fully like swim and dive under and it would just be a safety precaution. And she goes, the second you got on that board, like you said something to me, I knew who you were. For years, you built my confidence and I knew what you were about to do for that girl. And she goes, so I, you were fine. But she goes, you know, I left um, the club when I was 18 years old. I'm 29. We're talking 11 years now. Um, I didn't know the impact I might have on other people. And it was just a moment like that, that you leave all these years later and you coincidentally come across someone and she was telling me how all the things we were doing in practice, the friends she built there, how it had played out for all these years I'd missed. And it's a pure example of like, even if something's your job, right? Being a coach was my job at that time. I was getting paid to do it. Um, how others can look at it and what they can take from it. Olivia, that's such a beautiful account of pivoting, of being able to take something that you're extraordinarily passionate about and doing it and showing up for it in a different way and in a different manner. You know, there's a lot of examples when we talk about uh, really anything that we do in life. And I'll use an example of ranking or an example of you know, our jobs or our corporate and doing different positions and different tasks in order to really get a whole and big picture of all of the different functions of what makes up something, right? And so you're talking about something where you were um, at a young age, you fell in love with the water, you fell in love with swimming, and then you were no longer to be in the water. However, you took the experience of leading and guiding and coaching and training and teaching and just shifted that perspective. And yes, you made an extraordinary impact and you're able to continue doing that passion. Yes. And it's one of the things I try to really instill with people I work with is just because you can no longer do one thing think, right? Whether it's that job or that certain task right now, that can also change. No one is saying majority of times that you, you don't know where medications can grow in 10 years, 15 years. You don't know, especially in today's age, where technology could lie. You brought the example up earlier of the writer. Now with you know, the voice memo and being able to talk out the words you want on that paper. You can still write, they're still your words. 
you're just getting it onto that sheet a little differently is remembering that what were the things you loved about what you were doing and how can those things you love so much still play out just a little differently? Yeah. It makes me think of, and I'm probably going to say this wrong, but, uh, Ikigai is that, do you, are you familiar with that? Anyway, mm -hmm. it is, it's really taking the things that you are passionate about and thinking about them and thinking about all the different ways that you can apply that through the different, uh, uh, the ways that you show up, you know, with your family or with your career, or with your personal life, you know, how can you apply the things that really you're drawn to in those? And I think one thing to really highlight there as well is the fact you cannot show up the same way in every environment. It would be way too much and different people need you to show up in different ways. Your job might need you to show up in one way, your spouse or your kids or your family might need something completely different. And it can also be your family might need you to show up one day to one way today, but in a month from now, it might be totally different. And I think it's really important to identify that and realize that you can't be everything to everyone. You can't wear all of your hats all the time at once. You know, I, I have a degree or certification in every business area. I've worked in professional sports to supply chain and as a business owner, a podcaster, all these different things. I always have, whenever talking to someone, I try to identify how they need me to interact with them in that moment of in time. Because mm -hmm. if I bombarded them with everything, first of all, they don't need to know all the different things. They don't need all my sports side, right? When I'm talking about supply chain all the time. Um, my boyfriend might need me to just listen or we're troubleshooting something and then he needs the problem side, side of my brain, right? My family might need me to make sure I show up for the holidays because they want that whole family vibe. It's what does that person need and remembering to always show up in that environment the way that that person needs from you, but also taking it a step further is doing check-ins with people. Because again, the way they need you to show up can look completely different and being transparent on both ends. I've had many times during my epilepsy journey to even today, because I am so in tune with my body now, where I'll go, I really need this soda because I'm feeling my body crash. And in about five minutes, I'm gonna get dizzy and lightheaded. So I don't care what we're doing. I need to stop right now and go and do that. Or we need to, if we're driving, we need to find that Chick-fil-A or that Burger King, like ASAP, <laughs> right? I need my caffeine intake. Um, you know, with my friends, especially when starting my business, I was like, I'm overwhelmed today. Um, I need you to know that if I don't talk to you for the next week, it's just because this is what I'm dealing with. Or if someone calls me with an emergency, sometimes I'm like, I need five minutes. I need you, I will call you back, but I need that five minutes to regroup so that I can be attentive 
to mm. you. I like that you're really talking about checking in and listening to yourself. And I think that that is absolutely something if we can learn how to do that and just be quiet with ourselves and understand how to listen to our body and our wants and our needs. And then secondly, communicate that with others, right? That being said, Olivia, what are some of the things that you do on a daily basis to really check in with yourself and hone in on yourself. And I know you described how you you say, okay, I know that I need uh, some sugar and that you are communicating that with others. But are there other things that you have in your toolbox that you apply every day? Yes. And you're probably going to laugh at the first thing um, because we've talked about bodies of water a lot um, throughout this conversation. Um, but one thing I do every single day um, unless I'm traveling, then there's the caveats, right? Um, but I take a bath, right? I love bodies of water. I love swimming from a young age. I can't always be in a pool, but I get a lot of clarity and being able to regroup when I'm sitting, you know, in the bathtub and I'm able to just know that's my time. Anything that's pulling me in different directions kind of will be at ease because that's where I'm very you know, secure, like in my zone, right? And there's been lots of times I've been in the shower or taking a bath and like the problem that I've had all day longer trying to figure out a workaround or come up with this idea for three days, all of a sudden it just clicks and I'm like, mm. oh, what if we do that? And then everyone, I say to people and they're like, how did you even come up with that? Um, because I was in my space, I took that time to regroup. Sometimes, you know, for me, a big thing too, because my brain works a little differently than some other people's, uh, is I make sure to write down everything I have to do and check it off. And so that way too, as things come up during the day, I'm putting it in my planner, making sure I know what the priority with it is. You know, if I get done and we've had a crazy day of tasks or meetings, and there's five things left on the list to do, I take that time. I'm like, okay, now's the time to breathe quickly. Let me go back to that list. Are these things things that really need to get done tonight? Do I really need to work those two extra hours? It's now five o'clock. I'll be working to at least seven. Or can this hold off to the morning? And so it's those little things I do, but also making sure and this is one thing I tell people as well is like, if you're someone who uses a planner or your phone to put everything into your phone, whatever that looks like to you, right? And to keep track of everything. Are you also writing down the me time moments? Mm. So are you building in there? You know, I'm a golfer as well. So in my weekly planner someday in there am i writing out the time to go to the driving range and hit some balls am i writing out the time i also do legos do i put in my planner to do mm -hmm. legos if you're not it's very easy as things build up to not take that me time because it's not in your vision you have so many other things are getting pulled in so many directions when you remind yourself i have this going on this is going to be my time and that can even be a vacation um but those daily check-ins those little activities that help you find your center again 
making sure they're written down too, because those are just as important. Yeah. You know, I, I really love actually that you brought up the water because, you know, we're energetic beings. And so in order to recharge, reground, recenter, whatever you want to call it, water is one of the greatest things that we can do. And even to simply just splash water on your face, it just really helps us trigger and bring back that, that energy that's needed in order to move forward. And hundred percent where really just because we're doing that, our thoughts start to become more clear. And like you said, the things that you've been pondering on, and then all of a sudden they come to you as you're in the shower or as you're in the bath. Many people talk about how they like to sing in the shower. And you know, what is that? It's because we, we are connecting with something and we're fully almost made entirely out of water, right? So our bodies are really drawn to that. And so we become more alive and more creative when we're entering into that. Yes, for sure. So Olivia, it has been amazing to have you on the Wellness Driven Life Show. Thank you so much. You've shared so many tips and tricks. You've been vulnerable with your stories. You've been a great guest on the show. Is there anything else you want to share with us today? One thing I would share is just remember to be your authentic self every single day. You cannot control others and how they might perceive what you're going through or respond to it, but you can control yourself. You can control what environments you put yourself into, what things you explore, what things you go after in life and how you approach those scenarios. So every day, just wake up, remembering that no matter what you're going through in life, you have control on the projection of that, even if you don't have control on other things. I love that. That is a beautiful way to end. Thank you so much, Olivia, again, for being a guest on the Wellness Driven Life Show. I want to make sure that the audience knows where to find you. We've had it displayed here on the, the platform here a few times, but those of you with listening in, you're on the Apple podcast or what have you, it is www.achieving-success.com. Again, www.achieving-success.com. That is also going to be in the description, the show notes. So make sure you check that out. Olivia has some extraordinary experience with leading you to achieve success. So again, thank you so much. And to our audience, thank you so much for being here. Without you, the show wouldn't be possible. So be sure to like and subscribe and to leave your comments and engage. And we'll be sure to get back with you. Olivia, again, thank you so much. So goodbye for now, and we will see you next time.